Support for this podcast comes from PulseM. PulseM is the number one review generation platform built for home services. The majority of SGI members use PulseM for Google reviews, customer communication through text messaging, and much more. For more information, please visit www.pulsem.me. Reach out to your coaches if you need help, right? To reach out to other members. Mm-hmm. I get so much more information from other members and, um, you know, on the Facebook group, talking to them, you know, that type thing. And just, you know, like this afternoon, I'm actually doing a Zoom meeting with a couple of people just to go talk about the way we do things, just to get other ideas, right? you know. Um, and then the other thing would just be looking at your tickets. Your tickets are going to be your gateway into what your next steps are. Mm-hmm. So it's going to lead into your training, your marketing, what people are buying. You know, um, that's that would be my number one thing is to look at look at your slips and you know figure out what your next steps are. If you don't know what that is, ask somebody. Welcome to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Today, we're going to listen to a conversation I had with Nick Sylvester of Sylvester Electric in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Nick owns the business along with his brother, Chris, and have been members since 2008. And as you'll hear, it took the brothers a little while to get started with the SGI program. Their transition into this new model didn't happen without some struggles. But with some new direction and help, Nick and Chris found their way. And now Sylvester Electric, very profitably, generates $4 million each year. And their residential division has been doubling every year. Nick and I cover a lot of ground in what will feel like a short 45 minutes. There isn't much that Nick and Chris haven't implemented into their business. It's easy to see why Sylvester Electric is growing so quickly. I hope you enjoy our conversation and take away a helpful nugget or two. Hey, Nick, uh, thank you so much for your time. I know uh, life's been busy <laughs> the last couple months and then some, but uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So for those in uh, the SGI family who haven't had an opportunity to meet you at an expo or a training, could you kind of share your uh, name, your company name, and uh, where you're located? Yeah, so uh, thanks so much for having me on today. This is great. My name is Nick Sylvester uh, with Sylvester Electric, and we're up in the Tewksbury, Massachusetts area. Very good, very good. And and you have uh, you do a commercial and residential, and uh, you're about two million dollars on each side, correct? Correct. Yep. That's great. That's great. And the residential side's really grown. It sounds like the last handful of years. Yeah, we've um, we've doubled. Um, almost every year uh, over the last four years on the residential side. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And we'll, we'll dig into a bit more into the operations of things and how things have grown in a little bit. But uh, what I always enjoy uh, learning is people's stories and, and how they got to where they are. And uh, in your case, how did you get wrapped into the electrical trade? I uh, started back in like, you know, my dad's been in the electrical field, you know, just growing up. So I always knew it. And it's funny because when we were kids, my brother and I would always say, we don't want to red trucks. My dad always had red trucks. I never uh-huh. understood why. And um, as the years went on, um, I, you know, I went to college, um, got my 
uh, background in marketing and accounting, mm -hmm. and that's when my brother was really getting into partnering with my dad and learning the electrical field. And when I graduated, I was looking for a job, and uh, I was helping out my mom with like the stuff with the books, and then it just started to grow from there where she couldn't handle all of it herself. So I decided to take it on, and that's when I started to partner with my brother and said, hey, why don't we like turn this into something and right. you know work together? Right. And we took it from there. You know, uh, where when, is that today? When did you and your brother kind of officially take over the business? How long ago was, was that? Um, we we incorporated it in two thousand and five, but it really was the last like five years that we really like took it and like ran with it. Got it. Very good. Since two thousand six. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And and when your dad was running, you guys were you mostly just commercial then, right? No, it was actually the other way. Okay. Um, it was my dad like likes to handle like property management, small residential type things. Okay. That's where like his little uh, bread and butter was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Now, how how was you know it's a I think it's a what, thirty year old business now. Uh, prior though to to meeting um, SGI and I think it was uh, October of two thousand eight. What was the business always just kind of steady? Was it making money? Was it up up and down? Uh, what what would you how would you classify it? Yeah, it was always up and down, um, you know, prior to learning and working with SGI, it was always, you know, trying to figure out the next job and, you know, long-term planning was always hard to do. Um, Culture-wise, it was always, it was a mess uh, type thing. So definitely up and down, right. you know, up until joining SGI. Yeah. What... Um what you know? What, what ultimately led uh, led you to us? How, you know, was it just the frustrations? Um, did did you find us? Did we find you? What was the story behind that? Um. Oh, geez. Now it's been so many years. I think <laughs> you guys reached out to us. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um. I think you guys reached out to us, and I think it was just like you know, at the time, like when we were dealing with the people on the commercial side it, yeah. it's hard like it's you know not having a direction you know top down type thing is you know like especially culture i think that was like the biggest thing trying to be able to like figure out team members and how to you know we never called them team members before it was always right. employees would always be yelling at employees to get them to do stuff and they wouldn't <laughs> do it you know sure. stuff like that and you're just pulling your hair out because you're always just putting out fires and you know as the SGI has taught us to have that culture, you know, their the team members, their family members, you know, and we've taken that, even that core, and have expanded that into our commercial side. So even though they're not doing the same, uh, you know, residential service, we're still like instilling a lot of that culture and background that we've been, you know, learning over the years on that side as well. Sure. Which, and I think that's really helped us like grow especially over the last year that's great now i know though you know your 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 journey uh with the organization is i guess i think it's similar to a lot of people's it didn't it didn't click right away for you um you kind of had some launch issues uh kind of share with people the struggles that you had uh at first because it wasn't easy right away no it definitely wasn't um you know because we had a commercial side and we tried to you know figure out how to incorporate you know our service side 
um, with some of the stuff that we were learning from SGI, mm-hmm. and, and it was hard at the beginning. I, it actually took us a few years, and it was it was back and forth. We'd put a guy, we'd take a guy from commercial and just throw him in a truck and say go, <laughs> and then you know he failed and it didn't work. And we're like, why is this not working? Why is this not working? Right. And you know the whole mo- SGI model is. It, it, it all ties together, so mm-hmm. it's like you gotta you gotta be doing it all to you know see it right. and all like start functioning coming together. Um, and you, in especially training, that's I think the last over the last year we've learned that like the training you can't just tell somebody to do something. You gotta train them and tell them the why, and that's really what gets you to you know, uh, connect with your employees. Right. And in your particular case, you were sharing uh, with me off air, um, Sonia was re- was really a champion for you in, in trying to bring you into the fold and, and, and kind of open your mind to different parts of the residential service game, correct? Yeah, Sonia actually um, was the number one person that, like, got us through everything because we were like throwing our hands up and we're like what do we do with this and (laughs) she stepped in and she was just like here's the plan this is what you need to do like she saw that like we couldn't do that on our own Mm -hmm. so she saw what our weakness was it was like you need to do this this and this we put a plan together and then she would check in on me and say did you do this and i'd be like no i didn't because of this and she'd be like well why you know and over the years it's actually come to be like a uh a buddy saying and we say it actually here in the office a lot is sonia said so like when i'm looking at when we're we're talking and they you know someone says something i'll be like well sonia's dead (laughs) you know so you know we don't fight against anyone she told us what to do and if we don't do it we know why it didn't work i wasn't expecting that but that that, that's great that's really funny um but she's she's sensational she's just a great person so but uh um, all right. So when you yeah, guys, I can't say anything bad about her. Like, and you know, it, it's it's been a great relationship. I think I, you know, I have a closer relationship with her than I think I do my mother. She knows a lot about, like, you know, us and you know, personally, and a yeah. lot of the team members here. And she's she's great. She's yeah. awesome. She has a good heart, um, and she she really does want uh, to see people succeed. Um, so when when you guys uh, first start working together, let's let's talk about some of the basics. So, what did she? You know, you built this plan with her and then she goes okay do these two or three things do these two or three things do you remember now it's been again some years but for those listening that that might be struggling what were some of the first two or three things that you focused on that made a big difference oh thinking back to then um you know price value you know the you know uniforms and stuff did you adopt that right away did you get did you have the straightforward pricing incorporated or were you kind of it you know kind of doing it yeah, we were like we were kind of doing it. So we would price from the book, but it wasn't the whole like expectation value. Mm-hmm. Like using the book in the system. Mm-hmm. So like we would use the pricing, not the the whole, you know, walking in, uh, parking on the street, walking up to the house with a smile on your face, putting the floor savers on, telling the customer a little bit about us, like all of that was missing. Mm-hmm. So by the time like the tech would like, you know, probably still get up to the door and get in the house and give them a price, well, you didn't build all the the, the foundation first right. that we were, that, you know, SGI like believes in and pushes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when, when you did that and you gave them the price, customers still didn't like it. So it was like, 
very hard obstacles to get through. Sure. But now when we do that, we're taking our time and doing all those steps and um, you know, on every single call, mm-hmm. that's what like started to click, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, with it, yeah. Sure. How about with, um, you know, safety inspections and then delivering options um, as you as you go over, you know, the job with the customer? Were those things that you adopted at that point when you started working with Sonya, or did those take time for you to do, or were you doing those before but just not well? Yeah, so we we weren't doing it very well, mm-hmm. um, and she would, you know, she that was part of the original plan. Like, you know, you need to be doing these on every call, and then I wouldn't do it, and then she would ask me like, well, why didn't you do it? Right. And, you know, and I would say, oh, well, the tech didn't want to do it. You <laughs> know, and she gave me like a plan on the objections to the technicians, mm-hmm. and. You know, as we kind of went through this whole thing, right. it really was a whole training program. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she was training myself to then train, like, with my team members. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, safety inspections were, you know, some were being done, some of them weren't. And then when we actually sat down and trained with the, the team members and said, hey, you know, this is why we do it, and this is what we should be looking for, mm-hmm. that, like, started to click with them, mm-hmm. and it started to make sense. And that's what really, like, started to take off for us mm-hmm. when we, you know, explained the why behind it to them instead of just telling them to do a safety inspection. Got it. I'll, I want to dig into the training in a minute, but I don't want to lose sight of some of the essential stuff that we always train right away, uh, members. Uh, how about phones? I mean, that's Sonia's wheelhouse. Did were, were you guys answering the phone right? Were you outbounding right? Or was that something that, that needed some refining? always always training on mm-hmm. um at the beginning definitely was not being done the way that it needed to mm-hmm. um and you know we did go through a few csrs at the beginning sure. uh to like where we're at now and we're still always training we were just on another training with sonia this past wednesday on you know outbound calling what? you know the playbook that they put together and um you know we've been working with that for the last like couple of weeks with everything that's going on but there was still some nuggets to know like you know okay your call volume's down this is what you need to do right you know or your call volume's high this is not what we need to do mm-hmm. and understanding that now seeing it it's like amazing but yeah at the beginning it was very um yeah it was it was hard it was a lot of work to you know answer the phone the right way even smiling the little tips that she has like um Putting your mirror, like having a mirror at your desk yeah. so you can see yourself smile. And when you smile, like your whole conversation, like yeah. I just did it now. And I just noticed <laughs> I my, whole, hear it. Like, yeah. my whole body just like I sat up and like I could tell I got a little bit more excited, you sure. know, just by smiling. You sure. know, so those little tips that she has um, is amazing and how that can come through to your customers. I like that. Uh, service fees, I'm assuming that's something you do now. Was that something new uh, some years ago? Uh, it was awful. It was awful <laughs> to implement the service fee. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. And we didn't believe in it. Right. You know, we didn't believe in it. And we, you know, we would waive it all the time. <laughs> and now, now the conversation isn't about waiving it. It's when are we charging more? Right. When, you know, when do you go up to the next level? You know, how busy you are, stuff like that. We 
very rarely, rarely, rarely will waive a, a, a service fee right. to get out to customers' houses. Yeah. Yep. It's part of the whole system. So once right. you understand it and why it's there, it all ties in together. You right. know, not wasting your technician's time going out to you know, those price shoppers and stuff exactly. like that. Yep, you're qualifying your customers for sure. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, yep. Electrical is a little different with this. Some people are, are on board, some are, are not. So I'm intrigued to hear what you say. Uh, do you guys do the safety and savings plan, or do you do a club membership plan, or is that not something you've uh, executed? Yeah, no, we we have members. Um, we we've tweaked it a little bit. Just you know, you got to put your own spin on stuff. Yeah. I'm a a big factor. Um, I like how we'll say like Netflix out there doesn't you know, tie you into a contract. Right. So that's like the concept that we have. If we're not doing our job to keep you as a member, mm-hmm. like go ahead and cancel. Like we're not gonna, you know, force you into something. That's the only thing like, that I've, I've changed. Um, but yeah, we love our members. Like, you know, we, we've set up like direct phone numbers for our members to call in at right. um, during the slow time, like earlier this year before the whole COVID thing, mm-hmm. we were going out to, you know, members' houses to do the yearly inspections, and it fills those gaps for you when you know your when your your phones are slow. Right. Um, yeah. No, the memberships are. It's a great addition, uh, and it's a great revenue stream. We, you know, you, you have the monthly uh, membership that comes in, right. which is you know uh, one stream of revenue. But those members are you know, do more work with you than a non-member that you're trying to, like, you know, do work with. Right. Um, yeah. There seems, yep. there seems to be a question on the electrical side with these, uh, with club inspections. I'd be interested to hear what you say. Some are wondering, do you do a, do you do a, kind of a partial inspection for new customers, but a full-blown one for your, for your, your members, or do you do a full-blown inspection every time? So this goes back to what Sonia said. <laughs> I'm probably going to mention that a lot That's during okay. this interview. Yeah. Um, so we were doing a 12-point simple or 10-point simple inspection, mm-hmm. and it was you know a, a quick little you know just checking on stuff, the more of a visual. Uh, and then just about a year ago, when we were trying to take, we were trying to get to like another level um, yeah. with our company, we wanted to grow and. Uh, type thing mm-hmm. and when we looked at the inspection we took it and now we have well over I want to say it's 80 items that we check on every house that we go out on that's great yeah so what we do is it's it's still more of a visual yeah. inspection like on our first visit yeah so we're not like taking as much down as we do we'll say like during a yearly inspection the following year mm-hmm. but it's it's more of a you know, there's there's more items that we're looking at for safety than the ten point inspection we originally had. Mm-hmm. And and you find on your when you do those follow up calls every year, yeah. um, you know, a customer they might have, you know, eight or nine things that you say, hey, you should look at, and they'll do two or three at a time here, and then two or three the next year. Is that kind of what you find? Wait, say it again. What was the question? So. Um, when you do the inspection, um, you know, with a customer, and say in, in initially in the inspection, you you identify eight or nine things that, you know, some of which really should be done now. Some some can kind of wait. Do you feel like customers just pick and choose? Well, okay, we'll do that this year. And then when you come the, the following year, year for the inspection, they'll do two or three more. And then the next year, two or three more. 
Or do they get it all um, done right yes away? Yes and no, because the technicians, they're giving them options, yep. and, you know, they'll bring up, like, during the first inspection, they just want, like, a lot of times, they just want, to, like, to have you fix whatever, like, they called you out there for. Sure. And they might do something a little bit more because it intrigues them. Yep. And then when you go back the following year, that's where, you know, the technician is bringing up, you know, um, the items that they found from the year before. Mm-hmm. So, you know... They're slowly doing it, but I don't think they're mentally saying, yes, I want to do those things, like, from last year, until the technician, like, brings that back up right. and explains it to them again. Got yeah. it. Do you, do you guys build uh, your club membership into every option, or is it just in one of your options? In every one of our options. That's great. I love that. And then yeah. um, also when, when delivering uh, the options, do you always show a finance price with it? Is that something you've always done, something you do actively? Yeah, financing is a huge part. So it's like, and it's a, it's all about how you're presenting it. So it's you know the member price, um, financing pricing. You have some of those customers you know that you're not gonna you know get them for anything, but it's more it comes up in conversation. But it is on every um, option uh, for the customer to see. Like sure. you know we can take care of this project for you today for as low as you know twenty five dollars. Right. Stuff like that. Right. I like it. Okay. Now, now you referenced training earlier, and uh, I, you know, obviously, SGI at the heart of it is a training company. So, let's explore that a little bit. You said you had to be trained first before you could start training your people. So, so uh, you'd have these what coaching conversations with Sonia, and then she'd kind of maybe give you some some pointers, and then you'd uh, you'd execute those with the team. You know, and, and were you guys meeting at that point, uh, just every week, and, and going over the guide and, and how to uh, communicate value to, to customers, or what did uh, what did your training progression look like? Yeah, so when we first started, it was all right. Here's the book, guys. Any questions? Right. You guys read it, and everybody just kind of nodded. Yep. And then they went out, they did their stuff, and right. you know, then we would kind of get frustrated why they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Then we realized, you know, as we were kind of building on this, we started with training once a week. So mm-hmm. we'd be once a week, go over problems, and sometimes those meetings would last very long. Mm-hmm. And when we decided to realize that, we're like, okay, this is more than a one-day thing. So then we turned into, uh, you know, twice a week, we talked technical, then we talked more, like, you know, sales and objections and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then it turned into three days a week. And then when we really hit the ball running with everything and we're really bringing on new technicians and getting them trained, it turned into a training every morning and, like, just throughout the day, you know, so it could be, you know, we're training in the morning. Even having, like, that morning huddle turns into, you know, a, a, a more it, – it's training every morning now before the technicians go out. That's great. And, and the yeah. huddle, it, it seems to me, it, you know, in, in talking to guys about huddles, it really helps with the culture of the business, too, because everyone gets to like each other because they're talking to each other every morning. And you just build some camaraderie, it seems. Oh, 100%. Yeah, on the – you know – over the years, you know, we would pull back on training because we'd get so busy and we'd be like, oh, we don't need to train. We don't need to train. Like, send the guys out to the jobs. And we realized, like, you would see, like, items slip. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, if you do a disc assessment on on your whole team, you'll see those members that uh, that need, you know, that 
camaraderie that you're talking about, like that coming together and talking about stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and then some others don't need it as much, but then you see it like in their, you know, their average tickets slipping a little bit or their memberships are slipping a little bit, you know, so you got to now pull back. And when you, when you actually track your KPIs, you know, on your team, you can see it once you make some little change, you know, and right. especially in training when you pull back on it. Yeah. I like it. Um, how do you, you know, so, so training is one com- part of it, right? In, in helping guys grow and, and be more productive. The also, is, the other part is, uh, you know, performance management and, and kind of, you know, talking to them when they have issues and things like that. So how do you, how do you keep the team motivated outside of the huddles and the training? Um, do you do, do you have scoreboards in the office? Do you meet one-on-one to talk about, you know, certain goals? Do you help them set goals? Um, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so John, our service manager, meets with uh, the, t- the team directly um, every uh, once a month just to go over like bigger picture items, you know, how they did the fo- the previous month, where they're heading this month, mm-hmm. you know, ask them about any like personal goals that they might have or you know career goals that they want to do long term. So we're meeting with them once a month to go over. Um, you know, goals like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even on our other side, I'm actually trying to work out a program now, um, taking that concept and implementing that on our commercial side as well, mm-hmm. which I know that's, you know, um, not the SGI way, but it's still like team members. Cause now sure. like I'm trying to get more team members to come in onto the side, you know, right, right. <laughs> um, I want to build that same culture on that side and touching base with them and finding out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I'm going to be actually implementing in the next couple of weeks is a, you know, a 15 minute one-on-one every six to eight weeks with everybody. Yeah. So you still have like the team member, like John, our service manager meeting once a month to go over, you know, keeping with that consistency. Right. But now I've been a little disconnected from that. So I still want to touch base with those team members and say, Hey, how's everything going? How's John been? How's, you know, is he, you know, keeping up with your goals and, you know, yeah. so I can still have that. Um, touch point with them. That's so great. it's going to be a lot of work and a big project to take on, uh, you know, especially with 50 of us, but I think that's going to be a great, like, addition going into, you know, uh, the end of the year into sure. 2021. Sure, no, I, that sounds great. It, it's certainly a, a component that will continue to help culture, which is uh, uh, affects everything, right, every part of the business. Um, but more, and, and, and the nuts and bolts, I want to just kind of follow up a little bit, you know, in terms yeah. of reviewing performance. Are you, is, is John then the one that, that's always looking at service tickets and, and you know, okay, or, or is he, is every call is completed, is he checking, okay, well, he's had two rough calls in a row, I better call him. Or how do you, how do you kind of monitor performance and, and just know if a guy's having a bad day or you know and, and so bad days don't turn into bad weeks so how do you kind of uh, keep an eye on that it's really keeping an eye on like your kpis and 100 percent. this is another sonia said moment right so looking at your tickets every single day right. like we have a bunch of spreadsheets and we use you know software and stuff like that sure. but Without looking at those tickets every day, you have no idea what you guys are doing. Right. You're, you know, you're out in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so John does look at every ticket, and, you know, he's the one that's like, you know, and I was doing that before John, sure. you know, came into the picture of mm-hmm. looking at your team. You know, someone just might have a bad day, yeah. and, and that's okay. You know, we're not all perfect every single day. Sure. Um, but 
you got to look for those trends, right? Like, mm-hmm. is it a bad day every day? Is it a bad day every Monday? Um, you know, and they working with the team members that are in the field, mm-hmm. you know, like it can't just come from like, Hey, you got to do this. Like it really is a team effort all the way from like, you know, dispatching with Erica on the phone all the way back down to, you know, the guys in the field. Right. Support for this podcast comes from Green Sky. The Green Sky Loan Program is a leader in home improvement financing. Trusted by thousands of contractors in the U.S., we provide consumer financing options to help you close more sales and grow your business. For more information, go to greenskycredit.com sponsor SGI. Welcome back to the show. Nick really emphasized the value of following the steps of a service call on every call, including providing a full inspection. He talked about the value of consistent training, as well as monitoring every single service ticket that comes into the office. And the rest of our conversation will touch on recruiting, especially the value of growing your technicians with an apprenticeship program. And we'll also talk about how to find the right people, how to outbound, and some changes that Sylvester Electric had to make during the whole COVID situation. So let's jump back into the conversation. I hope you enjoy. You've obviously uh, grown over the last handful of years, uh, probably on both sides, but I know for sure service. Uh, So that means you're adding electricians, which uh, was like the most difficult thing to do in the world to find good electricians, right? So, but you believe in in the apprentice model. So you have, uh, you know, six trucks with six apprentices. Uh, How are you finding your apprentices? What have you been doing uh, to kind of keep that funnel going so hopefully they'll graduate up to a a great electrician one day yeah so um again with sgi they they instill like a third of my time needs to be recruiting Mm -hmm. and i actually probably spend more time recruiting than that Mm -hmm. um and it's um you know over the last couple months i've actually implemented like an eight ATS system to be able to help me track and, uh, you know, find candidates and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it definitely did help. We took the company to another level when we started to bring on the apprentices mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to, uh, you know, hey, they're through an apprenticeship, like before you get your license, you're, you're always with another person. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how like, the trades are already built, right? So when we took that apprentice away, you know, and we just put one guy in a truck and sent them out, like, it's almost like you missed that because as you were an apprentice, you're always with a licensed guy type thing, you know? So now when you think of that mindset, um, you know, and and teaching and coaching those apprentices and moving them along, we really look for the personality. Mm Mm-hmm. And are they going to be a good fit with the culture? Are they a positive person? You know, that is more valuable than, you know, um, knowing the technical aspect of it. But you need to know the technical, you know, but it's the personality that is really the key that you got to look for. Are you tied in any technical schools? Are you just running job ads and, and finding people interested in a new career to fill those apprentice roles? I'm like, yeah, we're we're everywhere. Um, yeah, you know, it's the apprentices. We go from you know, um, the the schools. The um, we have ads out there. We we post on Craigslist every week. Um, 
touch and base with them. It's really nurturing them. Mm-hmm. It, I never really, never really dawned on me until I had the ATS system in place. Mm-hmm. You need to nurture people. Right. So like I have a whole file of people and this is just like customers, right? When you're trying to follow up with a customer is the same thing as trying to bring somebody on as a team member. Right. right? So I might have a great conversation. I had this great conversation with a girl um, at a, um, what do you call it? When I was getting coffee one morning okay. and just having that conversation, I was telling her about our company and stuff like that. And yep. she ended up telling me about like her friend that was, uh, uh, you know, trying to get into the field. Interesting. And so I told her, I'm like, have, her, have him give me a call. Yeah. And this kid, like, he was trying to get in there. He knows electrical. His attitude was amazing. That's like, awesome. great customer service, mm-hmm. you know, um, can, you know, have a really great conversation. It was just getting into the field. Wow. So it wasn't a good fit for us right now, wow. but I actually just hired him um, on, like, two weeks ago. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so I nurtured that and kept in touch with him, like, for the last, like, eight, nine months. Right. And then, you know, it, I, I pulled the trigger and said, let me try him out. Let me see what he, he can do, you know. And and he's only been with us for a couple of weeks, but just his, his attitude. Like, I asked him how his first week went. Like, I, I did a touch point with him. Yeah. I said, you know, how was your first week going? He's like, I am smiling from, you know, one side of my face to the other. I love working here. Thank you so much for giving me a try. I was like, holy moly, like, that's, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that response when yeah. I, you know, followed up with people, you know, and I that's took great. a chance with them. That's great. So it's just nurturing, you know, um, all your, all the people you come in contact with. Sure, for sure. And, and the apprentices, it helps with, I would assume, the production of the electricians as well, right? Because they can, they can do some of the stuff while maybe the electrician's talking to the homeowner. And, and I mean, you're not trying to rush off jobs, but it certainly helps wear and tear on your electricians, right, if they have an apprentice doing some of the, the go-for work, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? The apprentices, they're like currently in school, and they bring like a different aspect or maybe, hey, we can do this job this way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working together as a team, you know, if it's like a good positive way that, you know, you can get the job done, that's awesome. Or it might be a teachable moment where it's like, this is why we can't do it that way. Right. You know, but absolutely, like it helps. It helps with production. You can get through jobs, you know, faster. Sure. Not that we're supposed to rush through jobs, sure. but you're able to get, you know, a job done quicker than, um, you know, if only one technician was out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, let me yeah. change the pace question. You're, you're part of a, a profitable Tune, right up there in the, the Massachusetts area. Yes. Yeah. Uh, talk about how what kind of value being in a profit platoon is. What what that brings to your business. Um, you know, both professionally and personally. It's been it's been a good ride, right? Yeah. No. The the it's definitely been. I in the trades, I always thought it was like you can't talk to anybody about <laughs> how you do things and why you do things certain ways. It's right. just. I don't know. It's just like the background on how, like I, I don't know if I was taught that. I don't even know where that came from. That right. that stigma in the trades, and um, you know, SGI has like opened that up over the years. And then when we formed the Problem Platoon, um, you know, it's like you have like a backup, like a team. Yeah that's like doing the same stuff you're doing. And even though they're like in the same market as you, you're bouncing ideas off each other. You're, you know, um, hey, I'm running into this problem, are you? Sure. And like we talk 
if not every week, every other week, there's a conversation going between each other. And when we get together, um, you know, we talk about like bigger items that we're having and it's just great to be able to have that, you know, group to say, you gotta knock that off. Like you can't do that that way, (laughs) you know, or, you know, you need to work on this. Like, look at, you're missing it. It's right here. It's right in front of you, you know, or, you know, that guy is like a cancer. You need to, you know, you need to get rid of that guy or, you know, whatever it is, you know, and someone who is honest with you Mm -hmm. and is, you know, they they have no, you know, skin in the game because it's, you know, they're not part of you, but you're able to like, talk about it and talk about issues and uh, how you know competitive we start getting you know so we we'll have like little you know we'll talk about what we're doing and then that gets you built up because you're like well wait a minute if they can do that why can't I do that right right (laughs) you know so so it helps you like bring your business to the next level that's great and that's like what's been awesome yeah that's fantastic Um, All right, another little bit of a a change of pace I know um, you know we're doing this interview. Oh gosh, I guess I guess it's been six or seven weeks since the whole COVID stuff has has happened, and just about everyone's been affected by it. I know you shared with me offline here that uh, you know you guys slowed down some, but you're starting to you know pick back up a bit. Uh, you talked about talking with uh, Sonia about outbound calling. Is that is that been a big thing that you guys have had to lean on lately? Is is outbound calling to try and fill your call board? Yeah, that's uh, definitely something that it's been like a learning curve for us, like over the last, um, you know, especially over the last few months, like there was a way to do it. And again, the biggest thing is, is like, you got to be on your toes and you really got to change as, uh, you know, things are happening. You can't wait, you know, you can't just sit back and wait yeah. when, you know, when you see, when your KPIs are telling you something, you got to move on it really quick. Right. And phone calls is one of those things. When you see that your call volume's down and there's nothing else that you can do, you got to jump on those calls and, sure. you know, start on those phones and start making those outbound calls. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we had to change some of our scripts, you know, during the time. And, right. you know, that took some time to do it. But, you know, we, we definitely brought in, kept the schedule busy. That actually was what kept us busy with the sort of trucks uh, and the technicians through yeah. the, the COVID time because nobody knew we were open. Sure. Nobody knew at the beginning, right? So we were like, you know, how do you get that out there? And that was, you know, you had to change your website a little bit. You know, you made outbound calls to say, hey, just letting you know, we're here. You know, you might not need anything today. You might not want us in your house, but we're here. You know, call us, you know, if you need anything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's, that was a big factor to it. Were you were you calling behind on unsold jobs or calling club members or just calling everybody? Yes, yeah, so we had a system in place that we put in um, and we were constantly working on. Right. So there's multiple steps to outbound calls. One is your, you know, um, your follow-ups. So it's, you know, you go out and take care of a customer and you leave estimates behind and you want to nurture those estimates. Sure. That's one. There's, you know, calls might come into your office and they don't book with you. So they, maybe they don't want to pay the dispatch fee. That's another outbound call, mm-hmm. you know, tomorrow saying, hey, Mrs. Jones, you know, I saw that you called yesterday. 
Um, were you able to find somebody else to take care of that light that you didn't have working? Right. You know, and she's like, oh, no, you know, I called around and nobody called me back. <laughs> oh, okay, Mrs. Jones, you have availability on Friday. Would that work for you? Yeah. Because you have those type of calls. You have hang-ups. Maybe we got busy in the office and we had two or three hang-ups. You can make those calls back out to some of that hung up on you. You have outbound calls to members who, you know, um, to schedule their yearly visits. Or you have people that aren't, um, members and you call and say, "Hey, we haven't heard from you in over a year. You know, is there anything we can take care of for you?" Sure. Yes, you know, so that's another side. So there's a bunch of outbound calls that you could be making to like drum up business. Yeah, that's great. That's great. How did uh, how did it affect how you ran service? Did you guys uh, did you start doing the no contact or virtual calls, or did you just give your guys a bunch of uh, protective gear to keep themselves safe, or or what did you guys do? Yeah. So we. There's a few things that we did. One was we um, we we acted pretty fast, like with a lot of things. So you know, we realized we needed you know to get our technicians safe. So that was like one of the first things we put. Uh, we didn't even know how to do it. So out of talking to SGI, you know, it all kind of came together, like because everybody was asking about it. But we sure. put washing stations on our trucks yeah. with. You know, hand soap and paper towels, and then it's hard to get paper towels. We right. had to figure that out. You know, um, masks were hard at the beginning. Mm -hmm. We ended up getting some masks, so they wear masks. The shoe covers, the floor protectors, and um, you know, and gloves. So, you know, at the beginning it was kind of rocky while we were kind of you know combining you know getting everything. But sure. you know, the first thing that we actually did was decide to do like temperature checks. So if we didn't have some of the items. We started with temperature checks in the office, so everybody would come in, take their temperature, make sure that they were, you know, good to go before yeah. they went out, yeah. and then everything else kind of fell in place. Mm -hmm. um, and then we updated our website to make sure, like, people knew that we were open and right. like what we were doing as a company to, you know, keep team members and customers safe type thing. That's great. That's great. You mentioned uh, earlier financing uh, is, a, is a big tool for you guys. Is that something that's maybe getting utilized even more now because uh, people are, are a little nervous with the economy or is it about the same? Um, no, I would definitely say it's more because working with financing, there's a whole bunch of different options. Right. And I think even with what's going on, like the financing companies also realize that, right? So you could get somebody who needs something done now and not have to pay for it for a year, you know, type thing. So there's plans offered, you know, that weren't available, you know, just a few months ago. So they adapted to the times what customers needed as we were adapting with customers on time. Um, sure. Do you, yeah. do you use a second chance uh, financer? So if you can't get through with one, that you have another one you can fall back on, or, or you just stick with the one? Yeah, no, we, we do have two for those customers that are in need. Um, you know, and there, there has been a couple of customers where, you know, we've had, um, we've had to work on just in the last couple of weeks with everything going on where, you know, customer doesn't have any power and, you know, we've had to, um, you know, they didn't get financing or something like that. Right. We didn't want to leave them, like, you know, stranded. So we've, like, helped them out type thing. Right. Um, but, yeah, we know we use a second finance. We use two, you know, if they don't qualify for the first one. Right. And it could be for many reasons, whatever, on their personal end, why they couldn't get financed, you know. Um, but, yeah, financing definitely has helped us, especially with, you know, 
um, even with our accounts receivables, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. uh, we're on the retail end, you know, so we go out, we do our service, we get paid the same day. We're not banks, you know, right. um, type thing. But, sure. yeah. Are, um, are customers objecting less? Like, are you getting, you know, if someone calls you, if, if someone has you out, they're probably going to do business, right? They're not, they're not going to try and shop around, or, or is that really, you haven't noticed any difference in that? Um, in the last couple of weeks, we've noticed, like, um, yeah, there's probably less, you know, price shopping, but yeah. it's the type of work has changed as well. So okay. you're not, like, you know, going out for, like, oh, I just bought this new chandelier. Can you come and hang that for right. me? It's more my outlets don't work, you know, I don't have power in my house. Like, mm -hmm. those type of, like, more urgent items that need to be taken care of, then, you know, I want to change out my... To a dimmer switch type sure, sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. So how are you, um, and kind of just wrapping up here in a, in a couple minutes here, but what do you, what do you think in the business is going to look like in the next three to six months? Have you, are you trying to, are you planning uh, on things, uh, opening back up and getting busy or are you just kind of taking it day by day, week by week and, and, you know, managing, uh, as you go or what do you, what do you think? Yeah, no, you can't. You can't just like stand by and just hope things are going to change. Um, we're we're definitely keeping an eye on like what needs to be done, like with the with our state. So our state's going to be opening up in the next couple of weeks, okay. and we want to be prepared for that. We don't yeah. want to just be side swiped with that. You know, of, oh, all of a sudden, when, well, hopefully we get all these extra calls, which would be great. But we want to be prepared for that, right. and. Um, yeah, it's definitely like looking at your numbers, having your manpower in place, having your procedures in place, you know, um, you know, not really, um, you have to be finding out what's going on. We listen to everything that's going on with the state and, you know, being proactive with it. Um, type thing so probably going into the next week revamping back up on training but changing right like we I, we just had a meeting this morning talking about training and you know as we're going to be moving into the next couple of weeks you know using zoom or google hangouts to do virtual trainings and you know instead of maybe bringing everybody together or the weather is getting nicer here we'll do training outside right you know as a, as a team so you get to adapt to what's going on and not just like sit back and be like um no i'm just gonna wait for the wave to be over <laughs> you know <laughs> sure. Type thing. Yeah. sure sure are you are you doing anything different? We really haven't touched on marketing because you had so much other good stuff. Um, are you are you changing how you market at all? Are you going to uh, you know, invest a bit more into it to, to stimulate calls, or are you happy with the percentage of spend you, you're at now? Yeah, we actually we pulled back a little bit on our marketing to tell you the truth, um, and. Uh, and we kind of redirected a little bit. We were focusing more on like keeping in touch with customers, you know, doing video clips. Hey, this is us. We're here, you know, in the office. Here's some safety tips for you. Here's, you know, being more engaging that way than uh, just, you know, the, the traditional marketing. Sure. We did, um, um, you know, when everything was kind of breaking grounds, we did a lot more uh, direct mail um marketing okay so it wasn't in terms it was just keeping our name out there so it was like i sent out a crossword puzzle okay you know hey while you're at home here's a crossword puzzle oh. you know uh have some fun have your kids do it something like that yeah. you know 
uh, versus like here's a coupon offer a generator that no one's going to be buying right now, right? <laughs> right. Like it had to change your marketing for the time. Sure. So it was like you know it was more branding timing than it was like um, you know call me right now type of marketing. Sure, sure. Well, uh, la- last question, and it you know away from the COVID stuff. Um, just in general, you know, for, for any, say, SGI members that are listening to this and, you know, maybe they might be new. Maybe they are been around for a year or two and haven't done much, um, and, but they know they, they need to. What, what advice would you have to them to, to try and, and, you know, get your operation running and, and to, to run successfully? What, what would you say to them? Uh, a couple of things. One would be, one, reach out to your coaches if you need help, right? To reach out to other members mm-hmm. I get so much more information from other members and um, you know on the Facebook group talking to them you know that type thing and just you know like this afternoon I'm actually doing a zoom meeting with a couple of people just to go talk about the way we do things just right. to get other ideas right you know um, and then the other thing would just be looking at your tickets. Your tickets are going to be your gateway into what your next steps are. Mm-hmm. So it's going to lead into your training, your marketing, what people are buying. You know, um, that's that would be my number one thing is to look at look at your slips and you know figure out what your next steps are. If you don't know what that is, ask somebody. That's great. Well, Nick, I cannot thank you enough for all your time, your insight, and, and your contributions to the group. Uh, have a great rest of your day. And if there's anything we can do for you, please let us know. Thanks a lot. Take care. Awesome. Thank you, too. That's Nick Sylvester of Sylvester Electric in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing, that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. Remember, friends give fives. You've been listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Ream. Brothers Richard and Donald Ream founded Ream Manufacturing Company in Emeryville, California in 1925. The company has produced a number of cutting-edge products since 89 years of operation. Today, Ream is North America's only manufacturer of HVAC, water heating, pool and spa heating, and commercial refrigeration solutions. For more information, go to ream.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager-to-help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a production of the Aquila Investment Group, LLC, All Rights Reserved, 2020.